It was all a pipe dream Watching bodyboarding up on TV Deep at reef, watching tension repeats Eating bakery feeds at 18 Living the dream with no sunscreen Yeah, we were so keen Surfing Aussie G'day and welcome to the Riptide Bodyboarding Podcast The home of bodyboarding Thank you for joining us on episode 51 Of our verbal and video journaling today And I'm your host, Luke O'Connor Well, Today's guest, ladies and gentlemen, has personally shaped the subculture of bodyboarding to what it is today. Being so influential, he still holds the creative rights to arguably the greatest compilation of bodyboarding the world has ever seen. Still to this very day, he's scouring the coastline, looking for outrageous waves to complete his 10th, 11th, sorry, not 10th, 11th instalment of his visual Boog diaries. And let me say, let just let me say to you, the Boog world is certainly holding on to its breath. Our guest today holds his own podcast back in WA with his close friend, Brian Woodsy Shields. He's completed um, a Ninja Warrior TV series as one of the most shredded humans I've ever seen. And he thoroughly enjoys making prank calls wherever he gets a spare moment. I'm talking to none other than Chris Wong White. <laughs> Legend. How are you, bro? Thanks for coming on. What an intro. Oh, mate, easily done. <laughs> easily done with the accolades. I've been looking forward to this for so long, man. And to have it in a beautiful studio here in Sydney, video, sound, pretty much record a... Um, an know, album. Yeah, an album, man. Yeah. Mental, huh? Get a fucking 24-piece orchestra in it. It's out of control. And the strip lighting too, kind of a little bit like a strip club, but then at the same time classy. It's kind of weird, you know. I'm into it. Got a coffee too? Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. We've got Puff beautiful tunnels. drinks. We've got the boys back there. Shout outs to Elliot, Huddy, Strachan and Woodsy getting it done in the back there. <laughs> um, how's your time in Sydney been, man? Man, I just flew in yesterday. It's been pretty good. I um, was travelling solo, so we come over for a show. There's four of us, but we're all coming in different times. Yeah. So because I was by myself, I was just like, how can I make something of this? So I've been setting my camera up on all my travels, just filming like Sick. old school stupid shit. Yeah, really? Yeah, like 44-year-old like doing drop rolls. Yeah, yeah. I fell down an escalator yesterday and all sorts of shit. Fuck so. off. Which escalator? Sydney Central Station. The, the long big one? Yeah. Oh, no. I Like I pushed it. I just fell over at the very bottom. I pushed And it. then um, went upside down. There was a guy got stuck and... I didn't know, but a train must have just pulled in, so gone the other way. There was so many people. Oh, my goodness. And um, one dude runs in, he's dragging me along, and then I look back and the escalator's built up with people and there's this old lady about to get stuck. Oh, no. So I went from, like, mucking around and then I was actually panicking, trying to, like, get all the – because the cases built up. Yeah, yeah, So I'm, yeah. like, pulling the suitcases out just so this old lady doesn't eat shit. And Holy I'm like, fuck. Shit. So a prank could have gone bad. Let's yeah, it. yeah, but it looked kind of funny. Yeah. It showed Woodsy he was loving it. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, speaking about escalator pranks, I've got to go back to, I can't remember what tension is. It might have been two or three, but dude, the one, and especially my hometown at Miranda, that Westfields there is known for a couple of crazy overhead um, escalators that kind of overlap and there's a soft playground down below, like a yeah. jumping castle kind of vibe. Man, take us through that prank because that was crazy. Yeah. The... Um so the, at the start of number three, I went down one in a wheelchair okay, and yeah. I got pumped. And um, that one where the guy jumps yes. onto... Yeah. I think it's two stories, man. Yeah, that was um, Joel Taylor's bud. Really? Yeah, so I didn't even film that. That He, Joel filmed, got all that stuff. Oh, so you were there. That was actually just ascending. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's sick. I could, I can add into the. Yeah, I that when I first saw that, I was like, that is actually psycho. Yeah, and I loved psycho. how he handled himself. Like the chicks, like, oh, you're in trouble now, and he was like, call the cops. Yeah, yeah like, what are you? Fucking <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's no issue. Here. He stood by his yeah, jumper, yeah. eh? and nothing happened to him. Um, no, nah, I don't think so. No, no, no. Because this day and age, man, like that would have just gone done the rounds, yeah. TikTok, Insta, Facey, and then he would have had the coppers knocking on his door for sure. Yeah. So That's cool. what over here, it seemed like filming a couple of different pranks. Everyone's so nice. Like I couldn't believe when I, because I also fell over getting my baggage and I was on the conveyor belt oh, thing. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Like everyone was trying to help me off and making sure I was really? okay. Yeah, yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Most other places in the world sometimes I'd feel safe in like, I haven't been to New York, but I'm just assuming, like, say, big city, big apple, if something like that happened, they'd be just kind oh, of walking over the top of you. Maybe kick you in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> but I think because I'm solo, no one gets that it's, like, I'm filming it yeah, and it's sure. a joke. Yeah. If I had, like, two mates there, they'd probably be like, oh, this guy's fucking around. hundred I think there was genuine concern. But I don't know how, like, because I've got to say it now, man, tension has infiltrated so many parts of the world where you wouldn't think it actually turns up. Yeah. You know, even having like um, Volkanovsky on your podcast, you know, him speaking about his influences as he was growing up with tension and, and, and how he, he got, um, he got kind of inspiration from it, you know, to just go out there and do his own thing and love like the, um, just the, just being like a, a rat bag kind of, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just, Putting caution to the wind, man, and just doing like how, like what you feel. Like it's what I'm trying to get out. Like it, it influenced me, Huddy Strachan, so much when we were growing up. And it just, it, it, I just wonder back to my to my point. Like of you're so well known. It's 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 gone all around the world. Yet no one seems to recognise you when you're still doing these pranks that far down the line. Like how is no one in Sydney when you've fallen over there on an escalator not picked up? That's Chris White. Like you know. Nah, I think. But like back in when we're in the thick of it at home in WA, like we would get recognised for sure. Yeah. But like now it's like so long ago and this is such a big city, like yeah, not true. a chance that anyone would ever know who I was. I know. But the bodyboarding world is weirdly small like that too. Like as in, you know, big city, big world, but always seems to have connections in certain places. Yeah. Like even you were talking around the potty the other day, the Green Reapers one, of how you just recently bought a new ski. Yeah. And, you know, fucking such a cool toy having a water pony, especially like a brand new one. But the way you acquired it through different <laughs> contacts here in Sydney, like, and you you know what I mean? Like I know the world's a small place of social media, but it's still that reach you have through those movies and the connections yeah. that just make things in life so much more accessible. Yeah. Yeah, you know? coincidences like that just always seem to pop up, eh? Psycho, man. That yeah. ski for what you paid is crazy. Yeah. Like how many hours did it have? It had 240, but I've already put over 50 hours on it. Because you've been doing heaps of rider. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, and we've just done a trip down Esperance as well with uh, Louis and Dan. Sick. Is that when you went live recently for Tension Um, No, no. This was literally the day before I flew here. Oh, so we just fresh off a trip. Yeah, nice. Um, it was sick. It was like full reminder of my youth kind of thing like yeah. that used to be our whole thing like going on these trips and yeah. then having the big gap and then now with a keen guy like louis and we got the ski and he's just frothing on an adventure For as sure. much as me and and what he's been through with that gap in his life where he was almost knocking a bodyboard and his yeah was so fucked for him to come back and build himself up like the you know almost like you and ninja warrior bro like it's crazy to see like what's going to happen in this tension 11 you know like, yeah and that trip you're talking about i'm already getting jitters thinking about it yeah god some of those like we went so far we checked so much ground yeah 
and we've actually found a wave which is pretty much the right, but it's a left. It's like, like it looks incredible. Like as in no island in front of it? Like? As in deep water, perfect wow. barrel spits. Wow, man. Yeah. <laughs> most of the waves that I see from you guys and it's kind of um, reminiscent of um, Esperance in, in a way, like all those slanting rock ledges, they seem to be kind of breaking not like directly on top of them all the time, sometimes just directly yeah. on top of them, but like off them, off the back oh, of them. Case in point, this one wave we wanted to check, we went there and it's the most perfect barrel. It's like a tragedy. It, we really? called it gaping pussies, but I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> but this wave, it just, it's every wave is dead set perfect and spits, but as it spits, it's kind of onto a rock. Fuck. It's like the most psycho wave and we're just racking our brain. We're like, who can surf this? Like, Did you put this up on your Instagram? No, so I only filmed that on my big camera, so no one's okay. seen any footage. Yeah. I've got like a few screen grabs on my phone, but Hectic. it's like a 10 foot perfect barrel, but just onto a like it's a tragedy. Like I don't know if we'll ever get surfed or I don't know if someone will get like a Ben Player body armour suit yeah, yeah, and try yeah. and take it on or something. Far North vibes. Yeah. Yeah. As in, is, is it one of those waves that, I'm just trying to think in my head and get a grapple of it, is it one of those waves that you feel on a big king tide you could possibly have? Nah, island? it's like onto the rocks okay. and then it's le- like an island. So it's it? almost like there's no ledge underneath gradually coming up. It's just like deep water and a rock. Yeah. Yeah, fuck, that's heavy. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so many just doing that trip again. As we're searching the first day, we just got skunk kind of thing and yeah. your confidence goes down. You're like, yeah. fuck, is there more waves out there? And then the next 24 hours later, we're like, my God, we got three waves that no one would have ever even seen. Yeah, 100%. So you just kind of go through the waves when you're searching like, the emotions of it all. Yeah, like it's full up and down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like and one day you're like high as a kite, the next you're just like, oh, my God, my life's yeah. over. And on that trip, to be honest, like there was this one wave that we'd seen 16 years ago and um, we just had, I just had this vision. We couldn't surf it that day and I've just always thought I want to get back to that wave one day. Like wow. one day, that's the wave. It's like So J-Bay. this was back 16 years ago when you had, you were filming Tension. Post-Tension even, oh, post yeah. Post-Tension, wow. Yeah, and um, yeah, we were with the big crew and we got right in front of it and it's so remote and our crew had split up and we were low on fuel and there were so many factors. Yeah. But finally got a means to get back to this wave and then we get there and it's just not what I thought it was. It was kind of, there was a couple of good ones, but it just was kind of like shattering. I was like, fuck, we've put so much time. Like this was our, yeah. this was our end goal and it wasn't what we hoped. But uh, we later found out the swell wasn't as big as we thought. So the spot, like we haven't crossed it off. Oh, I guess. Because the swell was only two metres and last time we saw it, it might have been a four metre day. Yeah, and you, I remember you saying usually like you're going down on a four metre plus swell. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's so annoying because it's so hard to access, but we haven't crossed it off. Yeah, <laughs> so now we're like, do we have to go back on another big swell? I'm sure you will. Like but I can tell already looking in your eyes. Yeah. Like, I'm going down there. Yeah. I'm going down there for sure. We're literally on the way home from the trip and Louis already like checking weather to get back down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've become an obsession, man, because yeah. like, I'm, I'm sure you're you're storing all these places and keeping them close to your chest, as, as you should, because it's like a – it's pioneering part of the coast, man, like really that no one else has – I'm sure fishermen have been out there and I'm sure people have like vaguely passed by, but not – on a mission searching for waves in one of the most desolate parts of the world. Like it's the most one of the most beautiful parts of the world, but it's, man, it's like me and my um, me and my wife drove a van across Australia and we spent a lot of time on the bottom, um, you know, near like the the cliffs. Yeah, yeah. Near like, oh, like on the bite. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then we did, 
it's 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 really close to the right, but it's um that big forest. What's that forest? It's like a big forest, like a, a tree, of, uh, forest of giants, and there were these huge, old school, massive trees, like prehistoric ones, like yeah. almost as thick as this. Um, probably not as like thick as this room, but you know what I mean, like yeah. crazy chunky. And then you keep following the coast, and you know you've got like that Cape Arid, and you've got all the different like ones as you come down to Esperance, and just even close to shore, the islands that you can explore and the bays you can go into, let alone the archipelago that goes out into the yeah. ocean. It's uncharted. There's still uncharted waters down that's there. That's what like, I'm saying. Not all them islands are on maps. See, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. So you could look, but then Google Maps. That's taking a satellite image. Would that show it up? It just wouldn't be named. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. you've got a couple of them looking at going like, oh, like I, this hasn't been looked at, and I don't know what that's called, but you've got it saved in regards to going there. Yeah, man. I've done so much time uh, through all that archipelago, like helicopters, yeah. skis. I've spent a good portion of my life looking through there. <laughs> yes, though, because that's worth putting time into, man. Yeah, it's yeah. You could like you've already found so many special places, but you you could find like the next holy grail yeah you know there's holy grail waves yeah there's like the islands of holy grail you know that bommy down the south coast of holy grail there's one at Wollongong that's a holy grail like we all know their names you know north point box they're all amazing waves yeah but it's like when you find that next one that's going to be like people will like skeleton bay people will drop their lives to go there yeah if you find a wave like that and 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 people start to to see it and, and know about it like Man, the, the world just gets bigger again. Yeah. You know what I mean? It gets bigger. It, we all think it's so much smaller than it is, but really, like, there's so much shit that we have not seen yet. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I'd spend way too much time on Google Earth. I <laughs> like, was just about Islands across that. the entire world. Yeah, like, yeah, just, yeah, That's, I guess, what the biggest motivation for me to come back and do another movie is to find these new spots. Yeah, yeah. It's sick you have the motivation too, man, because out <laughs> of the tensions, like, one to ten... You covered some ground, man. Yeah. You covered some serious ground. Like how many, I think you said the other day in a potty, but you did like 13 or 14 Hawaii seasons in a row. Yeah, not in a row, but I think, yeah, total. Total, sorry. Yeah. yeah. So that's incredible to even go back to that rock and to to kind of make that pilgrimage. And a lot of us um, in our younger years, man, like we started following that pathway because we could see it was a rite of passage almost yeah. to be a bodyboarder, you know? Yeah, and yeah. Then, you know, your trips to, like, the Philippines, I'm sure that's why Strachan, the sound engineer for this um, potty, actually, you know, was so stoked to go there too. He did a trip with um, Kingy and, and Lester with Turbo and, and you know, I remember him saying before him he, he left that, you know, seeing all that footage from Tension and that, was it Tension 7 or 8, man, you had a banging section in the Philippines at Cloud9, like, Winnie was there. Yeah. Um, fuck, Virtue was going crazy. Brad Hughes was going crazy. Hardy was there. Was yeah. Hardy there? Um, I, I definitely know the first. There was the there. year where Virtue lost his pants. I yeah. think that was around the attention four. Yeah, and, then, and that was in the comp, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And then yeah, we did a few trips there. Hey, I think maybe it could be in six even, but yeah, it kind of a lot of them blend into one. Yeah. Oh <laughs> man, when I watch attentions too, because you have gone back to the not exactly the same spots, but same areas as well with the pumping waves. You know, they almost sometimes blend into one because it's like there's so much footage in there and so yeah. much crazy shit. Like, I forgot about the cardboard cutout of Winnie. Oh, Mexico, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the fever one, and he's just <laughs> carrying it around. And then there was the AFL game that you got it up in. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I forget about Bro, that. Bro, and they're only like 10-second clips, but you see them and you're like, holy shit. Yeah. And it made on the TV, hey? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It was on the yeah. big screen. 
his big white ass yeah. in a G-banger. I'm actually, like, looking forward to, because I've done a couple of director's cuts where I go back yeah. with someone and watch. Did it with Hardy, didn't you? Did the first one with Hardy, yeah. the second one with Husey, and I'm up to the third one. But I'm actually looking forward to go through them all to bring all their memories back. Dude, yeah, because you've got so much in there. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. even for this potty, I had to go back over some things. And, and obviously, I'm the lover of tension and all your movies. But just going back over them, I was amazed at the things that were flooding back. Yeah. Bro, like the one of them too, like I mentioned with Winnie when he came on the potty and I don't think he was super keen to talk about because it, it was more his brother involved, but I was talking. Oh, yeah, yeah. Bro. Dude, it was when he hesitant to talk He was a little bit kind of like, oh, I don't know about this. Maybe because some of the stuff that was going on in the room. and I know, I know. And look, and, and, but that's the beauty of, the, of tension and, you know, even Hardy in the first one speaking about what tension is, it's that awkwardness and uneasy energy that we all do feel like yeah. we feel it from time to time tension is there but it's like how you absorb it and how you flow with it you know yeah and you guys use that tension to the best of your ability like have a fucking <laughs> panadol yeah jonesy bro that was that still rings in my my mind as one of the funniest things because i've dealt with those people too and for everyone at home we're talking about the scene um what, what tension one i think tension yeah, one yeah yeah, yeah. and Jonesy, who, who is it? Brad Hughes? No, it's Apsy, Mick Muir, um, I'm blanking. But yeah, 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 no, <laughs> anyway. yeah Jonesy's the one. But the guy pulled up on his motorbike and parked on, I think Muir's Weddy. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, he's just fucking off his head. Eh, that he dude. was blown up about them parking there, supposedly on a blind crest or something. Yeah. And, all this kind of shit. and then he parked there anyway. You're kind of just like, what the fuck, man? Yeah. Take a Panadol with one of the best <laughs> lines. Because calm down. What the fuck's going on? Yeah. And at the time, because Jonesy's like a big dude and yeah. that was responsible Jonesy. Like he could have gone off his tree at that dude. Like every any one of us had the right to punch that dude out. Or I was about to say. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. We, were, we were kind of the adults and he was the older guy, yeah. which was kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he was in, in mocking you and making fun of you guys. Oh, don't lose your head, like your surface and whatever and blah, blah, blah. But like you're the one carrying on like a pig. Yeah, like, exactly. What are you talking about? Yeah. So yeah. hectic. So, <laughs> did you have any more run-ins like that intention that didn't actually make the cut? Like any moments oh. where you had to hold them back because they were too gnarly? Not really. I think. Back then, you could kind of put out whatever. You so well to do <laughs> No that, cancel man. culture. That's what I mean. Yeah, I've, I've, yeah. Got, I've got to talk about this, man, because you look at so many influential, especially comics that, that have um, you know formed by the wayside in the last decade because of cancel culture. I'll bring up Chris Lilly. Chris Lilly, for me, is one of the funniest comics going around because he sums up a stereotype, which we all categorize almost and they they're 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 out there in society not to be like racist or sexist but just to make to make light of that situation because they they occur in a multicultural society all the time yeah he's he, he has just been thrown to the wolves with all of his caricatures in regards to you know like Jonah Takalolo the um uh the Maori fella you know in um like a public school education yeah. system and all the different ones that he's thrown in he, he's gone, man. And when I look back on the tensions, I love him because you're so real and raw and that's what we're all thinking and doing. But if you were to produce that content in this day and age, yeah, you would be you would be mediating that back, man. I reckon, Heavily, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. because I black-faced Hardy. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. yes. But back then, that was a thing that you would do and, and, and people need to, my point being with to bring this up, people need to realise that, there's a time and a place for all those certain um, conversations yeah. or actions or things. And as people learn and grow and society changes, 
you change and evolve with it. But you don't go back and erase the past of those learning moments and those good times where we can all have a giggle from it yeah. and move on. Yeah, yeah, you need to put it in perspective, hey, like yeah. for that time. Like you look exactly. at some of the comedies, what was it, like an old Anchorman or something. Yes. There's such great movies but like it's maybe deemed inappropriate now. For sure. You can't like go back and then cancel someone for... It's like being done. I feel like there's a statute of like two 100%. years. One hundred percent. It should be. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I reckon. I didn't even know Lily was cancelled. Sorry. I didn't even know they tried to cancel. Yeah, it, exactly. I know. And the only reason I realised was because I went back and looking maybe six months ago or maybe a year ago now because I love this stuff. And then all on YouTube, it's been censored. He's not on Netflix anymore. He's not on any of them. You That's can't a tragedy. Really watch his series, man. You know what I mean? He's mm. an Australian icon. He's so intelligent. You know? Yeah. And then for that to just be. Thrown by the wayside, I'm just like, where are we going? Yeah. You know? So with Tension 11, man, like are you coming back, what's going to be the game plan there? Like are we still going to have the pranks? Are we still going to have the lighthearted like, you know, yeah. you are Chris White, like that's you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just wanted to be unique basically. Like yeah. I've tried to be creative through the first 10 and I was like I don't want to go backwards at all. Like for me to bring it out, it's got to be better than as good or better. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I just wanted to be kind of like an evolved version. Like I think a lot of the stunts and all the stuff we used to do, like some of it people might think it's edgy or whatever, but at the end of the day I, I always try to be sort of good-spirited. Yeah. Like I want to bring people along for a laugh, not to kind of offend anyone or... Yeah, for sure. So... You'd be in, inclusive but still be able to take the mickey. Yeah, stuff. like edgy, yeah. but like, yeah. So this one I, I just want it to be something that someone will watch and at the end they're like in a happier place than before they watched it. Yeah. Fucking that's like, a great way to yeah, see yeah. it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm enjoying, because we filmed already like quite a lot of stuff, but Epic. like we touched on earlier with discovering new waves and all that, like I'm not going to bring it out until we've got something where someone sits down and they're like, holy fuck, yeah. they did it. Like yeah. it's got to be that sort of for level sure. of. Because really in your tensions, you've got Cyclops, man. And that, yeah, at that yeah. time, you know, with Brad, um, Brad Hughes, with Chatty breaking his back out there, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that for everyone in the world, and when that hit the Riptide front, um, front pages and the front covers of those magazines, like it sh- sent shockwaves throughout the whole bodybuilding world and the surfing world. Yeah. And I almost think that was a, pit- um, a pivotal moment too because I think surfers started to take a lot more notice from that moment onwards of bodyboarding discoveries and certain waves. Yeah. I think tensions had a lot to do with that, man, because that bridged the gap of like surfers looking at us and just thinking we're just some cripples on a 41-inch piece of foam to like actual wave partners who you can collaborate with. And it's becoming like closer and closer. You know what I mean? That's – um. You got to credit your movies to that, bro. Ah, cheers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There was a big push hey, from a lot of like Rawlins kind of definitely bridged the gap. He was quite good friends with the Harringtons. Yeah, there was a lot of things, but I was just in a fortunate position. I was documenting all this stuff, and a lot of these waves, like I can't personally claim to have found. And we get sort of we were like at the forefront of bringing it to the screens. But there is like locals in all the different areas that were paving the way. Yeah, yeah. Like down Lunas as well yeah. and like shippies, all yeah. these like – and that's what's sick because like obviously I've been so long out of it and now coming back into filming again, I get to meet like this new generation of people that yeah. some – I still have a connection with them because they used to watch a bit of it and no, now I get to see – Just not a bit, man. <laughs> like, idolised it. Honestly. Yeah. Like it's just chatting to like Sam Thomas uh, DMs sick. like – Dudes like this and the like the wards. He's a great like, bodyboarder, man. Man, yeah, Shippies, he's off his head. Like yeah. anywhere, but Shippies, he just owns it. 
and like so I'm just loving coming back in getting to um, meet all these new generation of fucking charges and yeah and the level's so crazy how good and far people are pushing dude like, I was just about to ask that it's so funny you, you you said that because I'm thinking like you had such a prestigious list of writers man that you filmed with like man you, you say the names in your movies like the average the average Joes in your movie that were just there week in, week out were like the Rawlins, the Hardys, the Kingers, the Kingy, Player, Player Brothers. Like yeah. the list goes on, man. Brad Hughes, whatever. And then you not take a hiatus. You, you, you're obviously still involved in bodyboarding, but you're looking at other avenues in the world and then you come back around to it. What have you seen in regards to the level of writing and what writers are you looking to work with now in, on Tension 11? Man, just any – like uh, the levels, I feel like it hasn't dipped or plateaued or got better. It's just kind of like the general sport. Like everyone now seems to charge. <laughs> it's like back yeah. in the day you'd have a few guys that would go waves. But now like you look at like some of the waves – people are getting like even is it dead man's like yeah. the local sponsors like that max local max dude's just yeah, yeah. Max fucking charging yeah. yeah yeah not max mcguigan i'm uh, max dodson sorry yeah, max yeah. So yeah yeah so i just he i got some footage from him and Sick. like uh that's a crazy way to film yeah 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 right is it was it craig brockinger's footage uh he got maybe possibly some of it yeah, i got yeah. a bunch of stuff from him Sick. um so i'm just looking forward to piecing together all these sessions that i miss and yeah um the guys down Tassie, I love everything they're doing. Yeah, me too. Eh? Yeah. They're raw fellas. Yeah, yeah. Like Harley Ward, like especially too, the way he's now looking to just hit the end bowl. Yeah. Where it was like, hey, man, I just want to make this wave and now I'm going to look to try and do the biggest forward I can out of that bowl, <laughs> yeah. you know. When, I, when we were doing stuff for movement back in the day, um, I remember a photo coming out of of Harley and it was this black and white one. It was probably only like a year and a half, two years ago, but um, – just there and then I just noticed I was like, okay, he's 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 got this wave down to an art, which is one of the heaviest waves in the world, really. Because of the walk in, the location and the vibe, and you're seeing like killer whales out there and just you know, you're on the <laughs> yeah. edge of the world. Much like you you do in Southwest WA all the time. But for them to him to then take like not just looking for the barrel, to then go to the air and, and see it as a playful wave. Yeah. Just kind of knew it showed to me. I was like, okay, the levels are really going up in that area, and like people aren't just like sitting on their haunches. They're trying to push further, yeah. and further. As I remember reading one of his captions, like he's paddling into a bomb. He's like, I knew I had to make this one because the one behind it was even bigger. Yeah, 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 <laughs> it's yeah. just like that, that mentality. Hey, yeah, the mind frame. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'll, I'll make this, and if I don't, I'll still cop the consequence of the next one because I know I want to do this. Yeah. Dude, Charles Ward has a really wild story. How's this? How's this for Charles Ward? Classic, like, throw caution to the wind, but also throw caution to the wind to my feelings and emotions at the time. He didn't realise it, and I'm only having a laugh now about it, but we were about to paddle out at Chippies on an, an afternoon. He'd just come down in the Arvo. It was pretty big in the morning. I tried to paddle, got like two waves and literally came in and the boy started towing. And we're going to go back out and Charles is like looking at me and he's like, oh yeah, it looks pretty good. Tide's coming up. Wind's still good. Like it's going to get lighter. The wind's going to get lighter. It's going to get better. And tide tide coming up will make him hold better. I'm like, oh, sweet. It's amazing. It's amazing. And then he just goes, yeah, I fucking, I've got to get back back out there. I had, a, I had a bad experience last time. And I'm like, what do you mean bad experience? And he's just like, Man, like, you know, the last time I was out here or the time before or whatever, he was trying to get the monkey off his back. He's like, I just um, got flogged on this wave and I got pushed into 
a cave and unfortunately couldn't find my way back out at that camp. And I was like, what? And he's just like, yeah, yeah, because see how the cliff up here is constantly eroding? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, well, those boulders that are falling down are actually falling into the wave. So it's actually the bottom's changing a lot of the time. Yeah. So when those boulders come over, if it's a new set of rocks that have just slipped off, you, you get pushing on it. You don't even know it's fucking there. He said that he had to deleash and he had to swim for a further like 10 or 15 metres until he saw light and actually got up after the second wave. So gnarly, hey. Yeah. Louis was just telling me that story. Oh, um, really? On our last trip, yeah. Oh, as, had he told Louis? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was saying deep. like, yeah, he had a big break from surfing from, yeah. from that spot. Yeah, yeah, man. I don't blame him because that's like <laughs> life or death. Yeah. And you're not, like I've only seen the locals down there recently. I think they've put in for a ski. Yeah, I read that. Which is sick. Yeah. So now there's always a safety kind of yeah element because if you go surf that by yourself and Charles does that like Charles will just walk in he's it's his backyard and do that out there like you're playing with fire yeah like massively yeah and some of the trips you guys have done you know I know you've you've occasionally run out of fuel or had like slight blowouts you know with like equipment and and um, stuff like that what are what kind of um, situations have you found yourself in, in 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 regards to like being remote and out there? And just kind of thinking this possibly could be the end. Yeah, the definitely the Chad one that you brought up earlier where yep. he broke his back at Cyclops. That was definitely the heaviest situation I've been in. Yeah. Just with a feeling of um, a little bit of guilt because I was the one that drove the ski there. Yep. And, and you were running the missions. And- yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I've had a couple of other heavy ones down around the same region with um, some surfers, oh, Brad yeah. Norris. Yeah. Oh, I did hear about this one. Yeah. He, he got a two-wave hole down at the right, was it? Um, oh, yeah, he's had that as well. But in Esperance once, um, we went to this other wave that was like really psycho and he um, got lipped on like a 15-footer, <sighs> hit his back on the reef and kind of um, locked up his spine a bit so he couldn't really move too good. And uh, did he have an inflation vest on? Uh, yeah, he did. Yep. Yeah. But um, – yeah, just like seeing him, like get him back out into the channel. He's just laying on the sled, like For motionless. Sure. It's that same sort of feeling. Like, yeah, like he could fuck, be dead. We're pretty far out. Oh, yeah, we didn't know if his back was actually broke or yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we got a little bit better as far as um, precautions. But You're then taking EPIRBs out. Yeah, but that last trip, we're just a few days ago, we're back out there and I'm like, fuck, I never got that EPIRB. So I was like, the feelings come flooding back. They do, man, yeah. Like where that wave, I was telling you, like gaping pussies, like I'm trying to get some footage of this wave and like if the ski cuts out in that point, we're like proper fucked. Yeah, yeah. And wow. then things cross your mind. For sure. Like, so this is like 15, 20 k's out. Like, yeah. You're out. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. really like how are you carrying – that much extra fuel on a ski? Like, what do you got, a 20-litre jerry can? Um, yeah. Well, we'd been exploring the day before, so we'd already used our jerry can. So we didn't have – we had 10 kilo um, – we had 10 litres of fuel, but that was back at the car. Yeah. Okay. So that trip, I have a pretty good understanding of now of the – once it starts beeping, how far we've got. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I kind of, in the back of my mind, knew that we were sweet from a fuel point of view. Oh, thank but you. But it's the factors that you don't – like navigating new channels that you don't know where waves can break. Yeah. Um, so and currents too. Like if yeah. you're cool and you've got to go against certain things. And yeah. I'm yeah. sure there'd be a lot of different currents and swells out of all those islands like refracting off each other. Yeah. And- but it's, it's one of them times almost not having the gear and being in that danger is in a little way appealing because like when we got back to land, we're all kind of happy to be on land again. And yeah, that, yeah. that feeling, I think it's what, 
it's almost brings you back because you you want to be in a position where it's not normal life it's kind of extreme i don't know it's weird yeah but why do you live on the extreme all the time (laughs) it's amazing to see what you've achieved like I, i i can almost sense that that's your drug of choice adrenaline you know what i mean because you are going for a buzz whether it's chasing ridiculous fucked up waves whether it's skating big bowls whether it's like <laughs> hitting hitting like you know four foot closeouts and going 15 foot in the air whether it's being a ninja warrior and trying to like tone your body in to be a weapon essentially yeah. like you know physical <laughs> weapon like what, what you were doing in those courses man like hats off to you like i enjoy doing a little bit of workout stuff at home where it's like doing 10 uh, three sets of 15 set, uh, 15, um, round pull-ups yeah, or yeah. doing push-ups. And when at the end of that, I'm like, Oh fuck, I feel great, man. I've done like my 50, um, pull-ups of the day or hundred push-ups or sit up, like whatever it is. And then you think about the training that you must've endured just to even get to the level to qualify for Ninja Warrior. Can, can we talk a bit about yeah, that? Yeah. Because that's a, it's a fascinating thing for me, eh? Like yeah. to dedicate your life solely to, to making like this this show that really you didn't have a guarantee of, of getting on even if you like put the time and effort in. Yeah. What was the journey like? Oh, I was sick. It was just went from being in Calbarry on a camping holiday with my kids and um, the show came on and uh, I just remember my son, he's like, oh, could you do that, Dad? And, I, you know, when you have that genuine, yeah, like I just didn't know. I was like, fuck, I'd love to know. Like I think I can. And then I just thought, oh, may as well try out. And then... Um, yeah, there is a bit of a process. You go to tryouts and they're, mm. they're looking to make sure you're physically going to be able to do it. But they're also looking to see what kind of person you are, I think. For sure, yeah. And then, um, yeah, once I knew I was on the show, yeah, the training was like train like as hard as you possibly could. So like, what was the training like, man? Like what's a day like and what's a diet like? Yeah, I just wanted to, yeah, lose a couple of – because the lighter you are, the better. Yeah. So you kind of – you don't want any weight in your legs. So you, you, you just want – Fatigue your muscles less if you're lighter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So a lot of uh, rock rock climbing, um, like you're saying, pull ups, all that yeah. sort of stuff. Just trying to get endurance into your arms for sure. But now like um, hang and hold for a certain yeah. Of time. Yeah. But it's kind of like when you're know, like I imagine anyway what UFC fighters they have their training camps and it's kind of they've got a goal of a fight, so they train harder because they want to win that fight. And that's yeah. kind of what Ninja was. You knew you were going to be on a show on this time, so you train as hard as you can because you want to do the best you can. For sure. And that goal. process of just pushing yourself, training, whatever sport it is, I guess, it, it may, you feel like you're you're aiming your gun, like pointing, what's that saying? Like you need to point your gun at something. You need to have a target or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. having that target it just makes you train harder and then you feel better because you're, I don't know, you just – Doing as good as you can. For sure. And you're so healthy, man. Like, yeah. know, I know you've only recently put a sauna in your, in your, in your <laughs> place, which is epic. Like, I'm a huge fan of the saunas too. And, like, you can just tell that, like, you're you're generally um, health conscious. Yeah. Which I think is so incredible for not only yourself but for your kids and for your friends around you. Like, you just keep doing incredible shit. Yeah. Instead of, like, kind of getting to that sedentary lifestyle of, like, I'm a fucking dad now. I'm going to be just cruising, doing this. I'll be just watching, which you are still watching footy games. I'll just be sinking piss and, you know, hosing yeah. the fucking front guard and you know what I mean? Like just casual <laughs> shit that like is almost a stereotype in society, which yeah. just happens. It's the dad bod thing, you know, like even other things like you sell, keeping yourself interested, you know, with all your different projects in regards to like your cars, man. And your <laughs> yeah. Like, have you got any of them on the go at the moment? Like, you- uh, I've got it. Yeah. So I've, Sort of redid an old um, 40 series Land Cruiser. Sick. And that's up and running, which is good. And um, How long did that take you? 
Oh, a good couple of years. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say. That's, yeah. did, where were you sourcing the parts from? Like, what was it go? Uh, there's a, like a good community, like Matt Lackey. Oh, um, sick. Helped me out a lot yeah. um, onto this Facebook page. And then, yeah, just there's the, I don't know, because it's old parts, everyone wants it sort of original. So you can buy modern parts, but then it's not the real thing kind For of thing. For sure. So, you it can, almost looks out of place. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I spent probably way too long trying to get this style side tub, but I f- eventually found one and redid it. But uh, I just after I finished that, I got a Mustang, like an old school Mustang really? at the moment. But wow. It's kind of since Tension 11's come along, it's definitely taken <laughs> a bit of a back burner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, man, like you can only put so much time to so many things. Yeah, man. yeah, if exactly. If you're doing like a trip out to Roto and back every day, that's taking a bit of your time up. Yeah. 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 But yeah, just yeah, I guess it's just one of them things. Always having a, a project to yeah. keep you motivated. On. Always busy, eh? Yeah. Why do you mean? I've got to ask. Like you know, talking about all these projects and and seeing that like the you might be extremely good with your time, but you just have seemed to have so much free time to do so many cool little projects in different avenues, bro. Like, how do you self-sustain yourself? Did you just make <laughs> bank on tension and then just invest properly or like what's the go because Man, it's, i was God, like honestly <laughs> i look at you i'm like fuck he's just doing podcasts and having saunas like, <laughs> yeah it was real estate man i was so lucky really like yeah i just borrowed money when i was younger and bought a house and at the right time and then nailed it, it. doubled in price so nailed it then, oh this is when i think i've heard a story this is when you um, you and your mum, like your, your, your mum was really good at helping you um, kind of first get into the game and kind of go from there, eh? Like you were saying that on the podcast? Probably, yeah, that. yeah. So mum was always very like kept keeps things in a house. So she was like my distributor for the movies. Yeah, really? Yeah. Sick. Because at the start, the first couple, I remember I sort of had distributors like in different states and then yeah. obviously you've got to pay them their cart and then mm-hmm. in the end we just managed to streamline it so we weren't using distributors, it was just all us. That's amazing. Which was definitely helped, yeah. Yeah, and so your mum was a huge part. Yeah, yeah, for that's sure. That's epic, man. Yeah. Fuck, and that's then, so good. Yeah. Pretty fortunate with um, WA with what happened with the house prices because yeah. like, if you're trying to buy a house there now, it's like you I need know. a million dollars. Like, know, man. <laughs> Dude, it's even some of our apartments here, like you hear people, they're like, oh, I just bought this apartment down in Cronulla and you're like, oh, sick, man. And they're like, yeah, it was like only 1.8. And I'm just like, What? Yeah. What? You know, we, man, we could have bought an apartment down in Cronulla, fucking real estate. Like I think it was like 625 or 725. It was a one bedroom. This was back like nine or ten years ago before we bought our place. We originally when we ended up buying at Miranda. If we just fucking didn't see the faults of that place and then just looked at it, the land value alone, yeah, we would have just happily persevered, bought that and then just carried on with our rent. Because it was only like another 50 or 100 grand on the actual mortgage or the outlay. Yeah. And we just did not have that guidance there, say maybe like your mum. And our place is sweet now, you know what I mean? It's just a little side story. It's all good. and it's, We're stoked to be in the market, but what could have been yeah. and what your story there is telling me is just like, Right place, right time, nailed it, good planning and just yeah. some, like, your, your mum, man, that's epic. You, know? <laughs> you do need that when you're younger, you know? Like, yeah. Imagine you have a crystal ball back then. And I know, bro. Buy all the old cars I that know, people man. sell them for like two grand and today they're like 150 yeah. grand for right. like some of these old, like, oh. It's some, psycho, I know. Yeah. Dude, I look at some of the places like even down the coast, like we had a holiday house at Narrawali, um, just off Aladala there. Beautiful p- Beautiful part of the world. Unfortunately, I had to get sold out from underneath us with the family squabbles. But when I look back at that place and my grandfather built and what we sold for at the time, 
and what we could have sold for now. Not saying it's there to make money, but like holding onto a family asset and just getting use out of it. It's incredible to see inflation and what's gone on with house prices. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's psycho, man. Yeah. I can't, <laughs> I, 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 I kind of can't fathom it, eh? You know what I mean? Like I, I won't harp on about it too much, but when you look at like what our money's worth this day to compared to what house prices are in regards to inflation and GDP and what you're kind of getting for your bank yeah. buck. Like a loaf of bread now is like 10 bucks. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Maybe a slight exaggeration. Actually, probably not in the West Oz. I'm sure you might be paid for yeah. 10 bucks sometimes. You guys have... Well, that's some- it. Land, like land and houses in... WA is expensive, and I, and I know Sydney's twice as bad. Yeah. <laughs> like, but you guys pay crazy for 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 food and resources. I've I've heard like as in we've got Lauren's my wife's um family uh they've they've got um some family over in Perth and they just said like you go out for coffee or for beers or cocktails or sometimes and it can just be almost like the mining tax or like you yeah know, that man I thought the dude made a mistake I bought three coffees today it was only ten bucks I was like. Yeah, really? I thought he stuffed up. But oh, were you getting double espressos? Like, or, or it's got the flat white, a cappuccino and a baby chino. It was 10 bucks. Really? At, yeah, W Lighters paid $17 for three coffees the other day. Yeah. yeah <laughs> see? It's bam, straight away. It's crazy to see that. It's yeah. psycho. So um, I know you're over here too, you know, which is great to have the potty, man. I'm so glad you gave us the time. But you're over here mainly for the up and joke tour. Yeah. Can we talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So it's you're, are you coming along, eh? Fun yeah. Uh, it starts off. Do you want me to tell you a little rundown? Or would For you sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so at the start, it's kind of like a bit of a tension reunion section. It goes through a bit of old footage and then it goes into some of the more modern stuff. Sick. Um, and then we've just got uh, characters kind of thing. There's four of us, um, me and Buddha from our pod, and then yep. these other two guys from um, the Hard Yards podcast. And okay. we've all got a character. Um, this way, we're kind of putting the show together like, because we've done two shows, we don't know whether to show up from one or two, but it's basically us pretending to be someone like my character. Is this guy called Earl Harbour, and he um, just finds shit <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> with a metal detector. Earl Harbour. Yeah. <laughs> so in the first one, I found this rocket, and then I um, tried to surf it, and I lost it. And then the second one, it's I don't even know what it, I find. I, you'll see it. It's like ridiculous stuff. And then <laughs> there's other stuff into splice, like we do fake ads and Sick. Um, So you're full on doing skits up there? No, no, they're pre-recorded. Oh, sweet. So you're not physically up there on say June. This nah, is like, nah. Oh, cool. Yeah, cool, yeah. Cool, cool, but then there's a bit of stand-up in between, like uh, Buddha does a set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't yeah, the wait guys to see are stand-up. So and it all mixes in to be one kind of shit show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like a big, like let's get together and have a go. Kind of yeah. Dude, it almost sounds like one of those swell-in nights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're great, man. You, yeah. You're only on their podcast recently. Actually. I did one of their live shows. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How Fucking was that? Funny lads, eh? Yeah. It was really fun. Yeah. yeah. And you had Creed McTaggart up there. Yeah, yeah. An Ant Man. Yeah, an Ant Man who's a, a local shred lord from WA. Hey? Like yeah. A big wave guru. Yeah. Yeah, sick. Yeah. I actually heard Creed during that potty. Now you remind me, um, giving shout out to James Cates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's loving Cates. Get Cates up here. We're the best moves going around. Yeah. He's a funny dude. Yeah, Creed, he's a legend. Hey, that was the first night I actually met him. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it was cool. Yeah, he seems great. Again, and that's the culture that we're talking about too of that you know, shortening of the gap, so to speak, in regards to surfing and bodyboarding. Like Creed McTaggart, easily one of Australia, if not one of the world's best free surfers at the moment. Yeah. And then you've got him talking so highly about bodyboarders who yeah. you know, he's surrounded with and engages with on a regular basis. Same as like Noah Dean, Harry Bryant, like all these fellas. Like it's insane to see, you know, that sort of progression. And I guess 
you didn't have that back when you were Bergen man. You know what I mean? Like you had, like, I'm sure you had like surfer mates like we all do, but there was a lot more of a divide. So what oh, have yeah. you felt like coming back into the sports and, and really ramping up? Have you seen more cohesion or have you? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, sick. Like someone like Taj, we, like we used to sort of see him at some of the spots we go to, but we weren't like hanging out. Yeah. Like today, the generations, yeah, seem to hang out with these guys. We were definitely separate. Yeah, yeah. Well, we didn't even, we were just in our own bubble, man. We didn't even know them guys yeah. knew who we were or took notice. But Yeah, or they it's definitely a, did. Yeah, it's always a spin out to then talk to them years later as an adult. Yeah. They're like, yeah, we used to watch all your videos or whatever. It's For like, sure. Dude, yeah, I'm sure tricky. they were watching those videos trying to find where waves were. Oh, yeah, yeah. Without a lot of them tell yeah. us they used to like, um, like down near the right at the start, they were parking cars behind trees, waiting on the side of the road in the hopes that they'd see us in our ski and then they would follow us. No way. Did they ever do that? They did that, yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's wild, hey? That's hectic. Yeah. Shows- it's going to happen again once this new spot. Oh, my goodness. People yeah, I was come. just about to say, you're yeah. going to have to somehow keep that on the the, the, the DL. Keep yeah. a close-knit circle, you know yeah. what I mean? No crazy land shots in the, the footage. Oh, mate, there's no way. Well, there's no land. Yeah. Yeah, fuck, what am I talking about? There's no island, nothing. Yeah. That was actually one of the complaints I heard recently um, talking about in-house, like, surf boog news. You know that recent um, release from the Rip Curl movie, The Kangs? No, nah, I haven't seen it. I watched it, loved it. You you, you, you would know the waves too. They're all littered through South Oz and especially in certain spots where we all know they're heavily populated, really good waves. Um they use a lot of land angles and going back towards the land, like yeah. and the lifestyle stuff, which fuck man, like amazing. But at the same time, there's almost an unwritten law, as I know you uphold, in regards to like showing those land angles at those undisclosed spots to give key indicators to people yeah. that they can pick up on. Because it doesn't take much of a quick like flyby to be like, pause that. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Google Earth. Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then the cogs start turning. Yeah. So during this movie, um, Gabriel Medina and uh, I guess the other surfer. Anyway, that there's this wave um, very close to Cactus, and um, it's it's a very tidal wave, and you've got to get out there in a certain time. And they're showing these spots and these places of it, and some of the feedback from the Boo community, especially the drag boys. I don't think they were too happy about it, um, which. Rightly so, like no qualms about that. Just kind of piped up in a couple of the comments online, yeah, and and kind of let that be known that like you know it's got to be tapered off a bit. Yeah, yeah, it's such a fine line, hey, with expo- like exposing spots or whatever. You mm. can there's ways you can go about it. I think. Yeah, well, like, you've done it really well, man. Because like seeing like, did you ever cop any backlash with? Oh like, yeah, for sure. Did you really? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. What was the what, what were some of the main spots you caught backlash at? Oh. Any remote spot, right? Like no one wants if yeah. there's a local and that, that no one wants to see their spot getting shown around, potentially inviting people. And I don't want to do that. I don't want to yeah. attract people to someone's spot. So there's always that fine line. Yeah, like we is. we have spots that like you just can't show. Yeah. But then I want to find the ones that you go to and there's never anyone out. So I can show it. No one knows where it is except me. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I'm not offending anyone. There's no I'm, politics. Yeah. Yeah. The politics. <laughs> it's fucking political these days. Yeah. 
There's actually, um, I want to get, uh, I haven't asked Elliot this yet, but I really want to get um, Corey Smith and a couple other core lords from um, down Jervis Bayway. Yeah. And because there's a couple of waves down there that um, the people in the know know about who have got incredible footage and have surfed some of the best barrels they've probably ever experienced. But have been sworn to secrecy and have kept it like under yeah. wraps for so. You got to respect when a spot respect man. is maintained. Yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. And I'll, even for myself, I remember back in the day. Um, trying to search it out and kind of knew where it was got word back that i'd been there and i was getting threatening messages and emails too just going like do not come back so on that end i fully respect and i can see why that is undertaken at certain areas you know what i mean yeah because you can see what social media's done yeah you know what i mean it's it's psycho yeah it's a crazy landscape because your movies came out man and your movies just came out every Christmas or, or periodically like yearly, you know what I mean? Like you were so well marketing them because you knew that like you didn't have social media to flood. You knew you could hype up these premieres, get like posters out, get like hype going, have all everyone involved and come together for one night where that's lost now these days. Like yeah. even a premiere for a big movie, you've already seen these snippets and this and that and you can kind of watch it straight online instantly and you just want the content now and you don't want to go through the process. I think the tensions were so successful because of the process and the hype and like the parties you created, man. Yeah. Created some crazy parties. Like some <laughs> of the footage in your tensions when you would go out and film outside, man, like people are just running up and down the streets. They're like, you know, people are getting naked. People are getting crowd surfed, <laughs> yeah. like insane. Signing parts of the body, which are, you know, yeah. a little bit um, raunchy these days. So cool. So trippy to think, yeah. Yeah. What Did you ever look back on those moments and think to yourself like, how did I create this? Oh, man, so often. I often get memories come in and I don't even know if it actually happened. And then I'm like, sure, because some of them seem so stupid. I'm like, did that really happen? And then I'll go back and see footage. I'm like, that was a real memory. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't something I just created. <laughs> yeah. It actually happened. Yeah, heaps of spun out stuff like that from them premieres, yeah. Yeah, man. What was one of the wildest things that happened at the prems? Was there anything that like just oh, like, no way? Just a lot. Like now, like we're talking about stuff you can do now, like, compared to back then, like, mm. I swear there was underage girls, like, doing stuff they couldn't do today. <laughs> like, getting signatures wherever, like, yeah. just weird stuff like that. I and know. It was like, fuck, it was different times. Did you ever have a moment, though, like, where you had, um, say, like, something, like, you know, outrageous kind of ripple out from them and, like, make the local news or, like, was there anything that, like, um, you know, oh, at attention premiere we had... Uh, you know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. something like. Man, there was almost a sketchy situation in Sydney for a premiere. It was at a, I can't even remember the location, but it was a guy who really liked his cinema. Um, he's like this smaller Italian old school dude. He had a beautiful cinema. Like, now I'm a bit older, I can actually see why. You appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, the premiere might have got a little bit crazy and a few chairs might have got broken and all that. And he just wasn't prepared for the surf crowd. I guess yeah. he's normally showing little movies, whatever. For sure. And um, at the end, when the movie ended and everyone's trying to file out, it was almost like uh, a stampede. And I just remember he was standing there and a few people brushed past him. I actually saw it and he barely got touched. And then he's like, oh, my arm. And I'm like, is he for, for real? Is he like, he was a, doing a compo. He was doing a compo on me. Oh, my God. And then he saw that I saw what happened and then he kind of pulled the injury back a bit but then he kind of was like it's still sore and I'm, I was just like oh my goodness yeah. man imagine if you did not see that and I know, to like fully I know. Go for and it. he was trying to extort me for all these 
extra costs and all that. And oh, like, man. But that was like a moment where I was like, man, like you could get done. Yeah, <laughs> I know. But see, l- lucky that was in that that time and that age, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? We, we kind of had a bit more sense and logicalness about us and realised that like humans will be humans and do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, yeah. Dude, yeah. thinking about like some crazy moments in your in your movies and, and we mentioned this before off air, can we just run through why Jason Hazel had two knives in a corner of a share house in Hawaii? Yeah. And what season was that? I don't even know what year, but I remember it started off as a joke, right, with the ping pong balls. Yes, and you were slamming yeah. your virtue. So I think you. someone as a joke just sm- slammed a ping pong ball and it made a perfect ring. And then okay. we're like, oh, it looks like a ringworm. And then um, I don't know how. I think we just must have really sold it well to Hazel. Yeah. And for some reason he had a paranoia about ringworm oh, fuck. or skin infection. Maybe he had a bad experience. Maybe he got a skin infection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, he thought they were just legit ringworms, right, and he knows that they're highly contagious from skin touch to touch or whatever. Okay. So I think everyone was like, oh, let's give it to Hazel and, like, he just oh, so someone else had the the yeah, the, and they're pretending to go oh, near him and cool, rub cool. it on him. Yeah, like yeah, they're yeah. like, oh, give it to Hazel. <laughs> so everyone was like, and then Hazel's like, obviously doesn't want ringworm. I guess who wants ringworm? Yeah, yeah, no yeah. one. But for some reason, it struck him really badly. And um, I think we just played it up, and then yeah, he just got to the point where he was ready to kill someone if they came near him. Oh, bro, he looked like he was a caged animal, like a corn man. Yeah, dog. now I think about it, it's kind of mean. It's, what yeah, we did, yeah. But oh, man. At the time, we were just like, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. let's run with this. Yeah, let's do it, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, the shit that- And because I, I guess it's one of them things where everyone in the room is in on the joke Yeah. and one person isn't, so it was just fucking the funniest thing in the world to us. Yeah. You're not thinking about poor little Hazel's Dude, feelings. just stacks on, bro. <laughs> yeah. so I can have a go. I know what you mean. And th- they're the mentalities, especially when it comes to, like, you know, boys in a room, away on trip, you know what I mean? Some of the craziest raucous can just happen, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. even looking on the, um, Elliot uh, and We Are Easy Wetsuits just sent a team over to Java. Yeah. You know, they surfed the left and the right. Yeah, yeah. I can't pronounce the name of the place. I just don't even fucking do anymore. But um, some of the lifestyle footage out of that place when boys come together and just get drunk in an island and just go crazy. Like, bro, there's like, there's scenes that I've seen out of the outtakes where they've got these Roman candle style like fireworks and they are headshotting people. Man, there's a Gallipoli scene where Jack Baker, a local boo from Cronulla, is like running down the beach and I'm pretty sure it's Elliot Butler is just like headshotting this dude, this Jack as he's running past and like boom, boom, and like full Star Wars style. And, and then Woodsy has, you might have seen a post of this, Woodsy's got a Roman candle fair out his clacker. I think like, I have seen something like that. Yeah, yeah, just firing like, you know, whatnot into the atmosphere. It's just when that energy comes together, you know, like yeah. you can't stop it. <laughs> so good. It's unstoppable. <laughs> Dude, speaking about energy, man, i got to talk about the Kanoa energy and the shit that you filmed when a lone rogue surfer paddled out a pipe. Oh, yeah. Man, can just run us through that day because I've sat on that beach and been lucky enough to be to Hawaii a couple of times in seasons and, and feel the vibe and it's a... It's a, it's like a circus that beach, man. You have got so many people doing different things. Mm. You know, you've got bodyboarders, surfers. You've got the media crew. You've got the models. You've got the tourists. You've got people selling food. Like it's, it's, it's a wild zoo. And then to see that fight occur yeah. on one of the greatest surfing slash boogie stages in the world. Yeah, man, it just, it stuck with me forever. So what was that day like? Oh, so yeah, it's a bodyboard comp, right? And then yep. he just 
paddles out. Clearly, there's no one free surfing. It's just people in the comp. But he, I guess, he's just flown over from America and he's like, fuck these bodyboards. I'm guessing anyway. He's yeah. like, I'm going out there. And um, I think the thing is over there, like the Hawaiian Water Patrol, they're surfers. So whether it was a bodyboard comp or a surf comp, it didn't matter. Yeah. They don't want to be disrespected. They're running the show. They're the safety. And, um, and it is disrespectful either way. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So I think like they tried the polite way, like telling him to come in, right, and it just wasn't working. So then I guess Kanoa's, he was the enforcer at the time, he's paddled out and, um, yeah, giving him some cracks. And- oh, man, didn't he give him some cracks? Because there was that first kind of 10 seconds interaction in the water and you thought they might be talking it out. Yeah. And then in your foot you just see a big right come over and they just keep coming. Big shots. Yeah. He's a big dude, Kanoa. And then um, the guy comes in and then... I don't know if he earned the second beating or whether it was just um, let's finish the job. Yeah. But then um, I think it was a Kalar maybe finished him on the land. Kalar Grays? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy who almost died recently. Did he? You know the guy who got knocked out at pipe and he had like he was knocked underwater um, and almost lost his ability to surf and he's slowly making his way back? Is is that Kalar I don't know. He's the one that was the enforcer on Blue Crush. He had the... He's got the triangle tattoos with like. Well, he was anyway. He was a guy. I'm thinking about someone different. He anyway. Um, I think the guy came in, and because he was trying to hit Kanoa back, I think there was disrespect on top of the disrespect. Yeah, double so, disrespect. Yeah, he was like, "I'm gonna like make sure this guy learns his lesson here." Oh, and bro, then, his face. Yeah, it kind of. Pretty much, much. I, th- I think. What Kanoa did in the water was fair and warranted. Yeah. I kind of almost feel like he copped too much of a beating. I was about to say on the land, it kind of kept going to a stage where you had to pull him off. Yeah. His face after was like a beaten favourite, man. It was unbelievable how bad it was. Yeah. Like lips and chins and all his eyes were like kind of hunched over from his being bruised and And I think the dude as well might not have – I think someone said he was like bipolar. He wasn't quite all there because he actually – the rest of the day sat on the beach. Yeah, because you got footage of him later just cruising yeah, man. around. He's just yeah. I don't if Leslie just didn't know how to <laughs> how to react, but he was just sat on the beach with his fattest lip and eyes like yeah. It's a proper Hawaiian beat. Yeah, that's mate. a proper Hawaiian beating. Yeah. <laughs> We've also got another person here in the room um, doing the sound engineer who's copped a pretty good Hawaiian beating also. Well, who? What, Sammy Strachan. What happened? Sammy Strachan actually on the, our most recent pod he mentioned, um, I won't go into too much more detail, but yeah, he copped a, a bit of Hawaiian grace from another local who at the time burnt him on the wave and Strachan, um, he either went, he, he don't know if he went straight or he tried to go with him and pull in. Even if he went straight, he, he paddled back out. And I'm sorry if I'm getting this wrong, Strachan. <laughs> um, uh, and pretty much just, you know, started going nuts at him because he disrespected him still going on the wave or whatever. And then they were kind of carrying on. And out of nowhere, Jamie O, and talking about cancel culture, he wouldn't do it this day, this day and age because he's too much of a big celebrity. But um, just came straight up to Strachan, went nuts at him, grabbed him by his hair, gave him, was it a whack in the face? Yeah, gave him a whack in the face, pushed him under, tried to drown him and told him to go the fuck in. And this is when Strachan was 16. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Jamie O is a big star, uh, maybe not as big then, but again, back to that same point, the cancel culture, that whole thing. You could get away with that back in the day. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You could do those things. And that that would just go down. Because like, imagine if that was caught on film now, Kanoa walloping that dude. Yeah. I mean? Like, I mean, maybe in a way it flies, but there's evidence there now to kind of just... To fucking put you away, man. Yeah. 
for sure. It's crazy. <laughs> you know, you, you've had fighters on your podcast. Like, have they ever had any moments where, like, they've had to push past um, their, like, professional boundaries and kind of use their skill set and then... <sighs> Once you become a professional fighter, they're kind of above it. They are. Right? There's no ego to win a street fight. Yeah. And I think they try and avoid that shit like the play game. Yeah. Like, they get paid to fight. They don't want to fight for free. For sure. But in saying that, they get drunk people coming up to them in bars trying to challenge them. Yeah. And I don't know. Yeah, there's... If there is incidents, they don't tell me about them. But. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. you've had a fair few on your potty, man. Like you and Chilsey have had like some yeah high-end people, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys yeah. love your UFC, eh? Yeah, big time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Some, um, yeah, we're fortunate to be friends with um, Jack Della's coach, Ben. So um, done a few trips with them and um, got to be good friends with them. And That's sick, Just dude. fucking good, solid dudes. Like, yeah. Just doing their thing. Yeah. Um, no egos to them flying around the world. It's so cool to see, like, yeah. the way Jack's the start to his career. Like, you'll meet him tonight. Yeah, um, fuck, I cannot wait. Yeah. Cannot wait too because, like you just said, like, when they're, they're, they're driven, they're going towards a goal and they don't have anything else in their life kind of, like, casting a shadow of it. So yeah. Like, that. like you were speaking about before, just having that goal and going for it and dedicating yeah. your whole life to it. You've got to respect that. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Yeah, we just had um, this like YouTube fisherman the other day, dude. I, I listened yeah. to that one, yeah. And um, I was just like sitting there, like kind of just watching him and just thinking about like the life he's created. And I was like, it kind of reminded me of myself back in the day, like where I got to just travel the world, body filming, bodyboarding, and yeah. like, that was my job. And I was looking at him like, this guy's living his life right now. It's so sick. And he's doing some wild shit. The scaling of those cliffs, yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. Some of those ocean crossings he's had to do, yeah. Yeah. It's almost kind of like reminiscence of reminiscence of what you're kind of doing in a certain way, exploring for waves. He's exploring yeah. those. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Kind of out their zones. And yeah. Yeah, I always pinch myself that I was so fortunate to be in a position where I could just have the time of my life, record it, and that was my job. It's like yeah, man. so fucking lucky. <laughs> have, have you ever had like a full-time job? Uh, I've done so many shit jobs. Yeah, yeah. But like, like. As a kid, like Maccas, yeah, uh, milk runs, paper runs. Yeah, I did a couple of paper runs. Um, I even was like a promo chick. Really? Um, like going around handing out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, all sorts of shit jobs. Yeah, yeah. for sure. What's but, the worst one? Oh, a time probably like I kind of was a time post tension before probably doing promo stuff. Yeah. I think I've, I vaguely remember this one time dreading I had to go to King's Park and hand out flyers at an outdoor cinema. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Just walking around every time I watch a movie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, heavy. I think that was probably one of the worst. Yeah. But at the same time, like, you do what you got to do, right? <laughs> Bro, <laughs> yeah. I remember when I first came out of school and I thought to myself, oh, gap year. Luke yeah. is on a gap year. Let's see what's going to happen. I had a Suzuki Swift and it was like a Rick Damoline model. I think it was like a model of the guy who owned the dealership or something. Like yeah. just bizarre as anyway, like classic Luke with my fucking history of cars, wrote it off. And that's a whole different story in itself. But because I just outlaid this money and I was like, it was a year of Luke, you know what I mean? I was ready to go. I just had to end up just pulling everything back in. Dude, I, I was working five days a week. I never met, you, you know, Tarrant Point Industrial Area, like kind of behind Corral yep. there. There was this place called JR Stone and they're just making fucking masonry pavers and all this kind of shit and, and different stuff. And I'm in there with like people that don't have like Medicare cards, don't have don't have um, bank accounts, don't have fucking driver's licenses. You know, they're like, they're ghosts yeah. of society. And I remember just working in there for the first year. 
I remember I accidentally got stabbed in the arm by like a good mate and lost like um, the use of these two fingers for a little bit. It was my nerve. Like, what did you stab you for? Oh, we were fucking around um, to wrestle for a bed one night after an 18th and we were dressed up as Mexican. Full Jason Hazel on you. Yeah, full Jason Hazel me. That's yeah. why I kind of got a bit up in arms about that. Like, <laughs> fuck, bro. Like, give him back his memories. But yeah, and I remember. Um, I pushed him back onto a table and our mate who its house was, he was still at the party and his dad was in the other room and he could hear us. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? And I pushed him and they just got back from Japan, man. And Thought he, he's a ninja. Yeah, well, I, I kind of think he, he'd been infiltrated, this cunt. You know what I mean? They'd, they'd got to him. The Japanese government had got to him and had sent him back. World War II. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. It's not too long ago. Um, but he, he had brought home a very small Japanese envelope opener, but it was a samurai sword. And it was sharp as fuck, bro. Yeah, and I pushed him back on the table and his hands have gone back like this and I've gone to push him again because we're wrestling for one bed and he's gone to whack my arms down. And, I, you know, I, Pierce Thomas, I, I definitely think it was, was an accident, I believe you, but pretty hard to think that when your arms go into someone and they go to whack it down that a small knife is going to go through one side of your forearm and out the other. Where was the knife? Like it was just on the desk that I pushed him back. So he grabbed it as I was like pushing him and I went to push him again and then he came down with a double fist to whack my arms off. Like so imagine if I went like that and then oh, you went down like that. So you kind of knifed yourself. No, no, no. So it was him. He had it but I went to push him and he went to push my arms away. And I know, fucking knife straight in the arm and I remember I hadn't done my first aid course at that time. Full of piss, blood super thin Remove the embedded object. Oh, you got to leave it in you there. You've got to leave it in there, man. I had no fucking idea. I was spidey, hitting walls with my fucking blood, man. Like, I'm talking two metres away. Yeah. Until um, we got pressure on and we sorted out, and I still had to have an interview with the coppers at the hospital during that time. Tripped and fell on the knife? Yeah, tripped and fell on the knife. So, like, <laughs> it's, it's just a fucking stab wound, sir. And I'm just like, oh, I don't know, is it? Look at the Mexican out there. And he still had his poncho on. and He, he got he came in the ambulance with us, you know, still drunk, like drawn on moustache. Probably felt partly responsible. Yeah, he probably felt partly responsible, yeah. But um, where did that story leave from? Where was I talking about before? Oh, I'm still blown away by it. That's a sick story. Yeah. I can't believe he legit hazled you. He hazled me and he fucked me over, man. And to, to this day, like, we still hang out, but... I still ask him for beers and everything now and again. So I'm like, you owe me, bro. Like, I could have lost my arm. You know what I mean? That We were at the Tarrant Point job. Yes. Sorry, that was my yeah, bad yeah. job. Yeah, go on. No, that was your story. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, Tarrant Point. Yeah, yeah. Um, And, dude, work in this place, 7.30 a.m. to 4.30 p.m., so eight hours, in a factory, no light. I was with this guy named Potty, who lived out at Cornell, would ride his bike every day. This guy had come over here as an illegal immigrant, <laughs> is not known by the Australian government. He lives out in a shack at Cornell, does not have a bank account, does not have driver's license, Medicare. He's just running on cash, doing his own thing out there. And man, that year of me being in that 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 factory, I just realised that, you know, like what 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 you need to put in place to never be back here again. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it was a crazy good learning curve from going from one moment of me having this year of Luke and having, you know, just going surfing, it's going to be amazing, and then just to have it all fall in front of me and to be working in this place and just going like, oh, my goodness. It gives you like a, a base to work from, hey, like character building shit jobs like that. Where Fucking oath. Can, you can scale the rest of your life from it. You're like, well, this is where I don't want to be. Yep. Then you can aspire to yeah. 
Yeah. It's funny. My dad actually said that. He goes, you need this job now because you yeah. need to be the shit kicker. Yeah. You need to see it. And then to put things in place, as you said, to be like, I'm not going to be here. Yeah. Again. Most, I reckon most people have had shit jobs. It's sure. pretty rare that you're like spoon fed your whole life. Yeah. And if you are spoon fed your whole life, I think you're at a disadvantage. Yeah. You're not getting stabbed in the you're arm. You're not getting stabbed. <laughs> yeah. You're not getting like arrested by coppers, you know, in the front of like, was it, was it Fremantle or was it? <laughs> yeah, Scarborough. <laughs> yeah, Scarborough. That was a good one, eh? But your arms almost popped out of the sockets. Yeah, saying? yeah. Because they, they, they kind of manhandled you a bit. Always had the dodgy shoulders, eh? Yeah, yeah. Is that from two years? Where'd that scar come from? Is that bodyboarding? Oh, or? this one? Yeah. yeah. Actually, no, you know what this is, bro? This is a classic karma one of me being like, not a fuckwit, but like almost <laughs> thinking like in my head that like you're indestructible and you can kind of, I hadn't, I hadn't been injured in a while and I've been surfing like Cape in the island and all that. And we'd had some swells. And I was like, oh man, I'm just laughing. Like this is epic. And you know, when you're just in a good frame of mind and you haven't been injured in a while, yeah. I was thinking to myself, bro, I have not been injured in a while, eh? Like I'm, you know, fingers crossed, everything's good. And then two weeks later, I was out Cronulla Point surfing on my stand up and I went to go dive out off the front of the board as the wave closed out. My fin or something got caught or my leggy or something and the board flicked out as to where I was diving. Oh. So I dove head first in the tip of my surfboard, man, and knocked myself out, like momentarily underwater, but just had this huge Joanna gash there. And, man, it was fucking not on. Like gaping I, pussy? Like the way gaping pussy. Yeah. I was like kind of just getting to the head. And I was like, fuck, you're getting a couple of blowouts on the head. <laughs> and then one of the surfers was like, um, you got to go to hospital, man, and end up going. And it was – I think it was only – Five or six dishes, but it was just in an awkward spot. You know I was picturing I mean? you with the surfboard, like you learn from your arm and you leave it in there. Yeah, you walk yeah, around yeah. with a, a surfboard out of your forehead. Do not remove the embedded <laughs> object at any state. Right, but this one was all right because you don't have the meaty muscle. Like you still hit it, but when you, like the blood comes down, it's kind of like you're hitting probably worse, but bone and just a layer of skin. So yeah. it kind of didn't have like that. It was just like a, that was a gaping pussy. Like, that was <laughs> yeah. not good, yeah, you know. Injuries though, man, we've all had them. Yeah. What's one of your worst, man? Oh, it's horrific. Well, I was just telling Louie that the other day. Because um, have you seen that viral video again round with the dude who breaks his leg? It's an MMA one. He gets taken down, his leg just bends. It's like, horrific. The only one I've seen really bad like that is, you might have seen this too, is a kickboxing one where a guy goes up to kick this dude. He puts his shin up and then his leg hits. He doesn't know it's buckled and broken in half, the shin bone, and then he goes to put his foot back on it and he actually collapses down on the ground and it oh, bends yeah. like that. That's kind of like my, my one was um, as a kid, mini tramp. Sorry, I was year eight at school. Jump from mini tramp trying to dunk. And I thought, oh, I'll test it before I use the ball. And I just ran, bounced, grabbed the ring, and then f- flew underneath. And then science beat me, like got leveraged off. <laughs> science? Yeah, and then I just fell and I uh, snapped both bones, like fib and tib in my oh. shin. And a piece of skin. I just remember looking down and my leg was like 90 degrees. So you had a compound fracture? Yeah. Bro, they're bad, man. I know. They, then, they can end your life. Oh, that's what I said. I remember to like my brother, I was like, am I ever going to walk again? And I just look, looking down, I just had this horrific view of my leg and I just like crawled backwards until it pulled straight. And then, um, <gasps> yeah, but that was yeah easily. How much pain were you in, man? It's just shock, I think. I don't even remember it being painful. I just remember freaking and the noise it made. It was oh. like a branch snapping. Because I remember actually at my brother's soccer game, um, a kid had his ankle exposed like that. It was a compound fracture yeah. from a tackle. And the sound was deafening. Yeah. It sounds like um, someone's almost fired off a shot, you know what I mean? Or like an air rifle or something. Yeah. Like it's not an explosion, but it's a being, but like a severe one, you know? Yeah. Do you still hear that? 
Uh, no, nah, yeah, I, I can, yeah, I can remember it, but it doesn't like haunt me or nothing. But they kind of fucked up. Like nowadays, they'll put rods in and short cast. I had like a full cast up to my hip for three months, and wow, I'd like a limp for like two, three years. Yeah, I was gonna say because the best way in this day and age, correct me if I'm wrong, is like to um, get moving straight away. Yeah, Stony had a similar injury, and they've fucking whacked a straight through his knee, a bone, uh, uh, sorry, a titanium pole straight through. Really? Yeah. He, he, he recovered so quick. Uh, mini tramp as well. Or really? The bigger tramp, yeah. Fuck, trampolines are dangerous, man. Dude, yeah. Speaking about trampolines, bro, and dangerous, we had um, a really good friend in Cronulla, Huddy, um, knows him really well, uh, Daniel Workman. He was a bartender with me for a while. And um, we had this crazy night, man, that we decided to quit Ridges where we were working and we were like let's go grab heaps of grog I'll pretend to take the rubbish out and I put it all in a garbage bag and then like took it out to the back of the bin area and just left it there (laughs) you know fucking Midori vodka tequila whatever but and then on that night we kind of carried on and went to the steam room and sauna all naked and we're just like having a time because we knew we were done you know what I mean (laughs) and then kind of karma caught up with us later because we went back to this party man and it was in like Illawong or somewhere, like in the depths of the Shire, like just on the boundary of the Shire, which us hobbits, we rarely go out of. And um, dude, like I was asleep in bed after kind of getting towards two or two or two in the morning. Yeah, two, two thirty. And I get woken up like violently by like, you got to come out. You got to come out. I'm like, what's going on? We're gonna... He's lost his eye. He's lost his eye. Bro, some dude, one of Workman's best mates, actually, I've, I know him to this day has jumped on the trampoline, fallen down awkwardly in like a drunken flail and his eye has connected with the spring of the trampoline, closed and opened and ripped his eye straight out of its socket. Oh. Out, man. Gone. Gone. Not not like hanging, like gone. Yeah. It's gone forever. You'd see the brain, eh? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's behind there, yeah. The it's, brain? Yeah. Okay. 100%. <laughs> the fucking brain. <laughs> Oh, that's fucked. I know. That's man. one where if you're a witness or a friend, you'd have to try and help him, but at the same time, like... Freaking out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. they didn't, like, recover the eye, put it on ice or something. Surely your milk, you'd fix it. Yeah, I think milk. Is put it, it in milk. Is oh. milk supposed to be good? For a tooth or something. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. Well, I mean, everyone was off their heads. There was a lot of different things going on. Did but- you um, recover the... Bag of booze you put down near the bins? Fucking up. We, we, actually, we actually rocked up at the party with that. That's why we kind of got in. We're Allegedly. Like, yeah, they're bringing it in. Yeah. <laughs> you know that, um, fuck, what's that scene in uh, Superbad? Yeah. Yeah, I can, I can get you the grog. McLovin. Yeah, McLovin. And he has to get like the gold slick vodka and all that kind of shit. Yeah. And then he goes in there and then he, he he's in the middle of that hold up and all that kind of shit. And yeah. With the coppers. I know you've always seen, I'm just going back over my head like, those movies, again, can't be made in this day yeah. and age. I love that shit. And I know today, like, Elliot flew down, had that incident. Like, yeah. when stuff like that happens early in the day, I just know today's going to be a cracker. Yeah, yeah. yeah you really <laughs> know. She keeps going like that. The up. energy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for anyone listening home, the uh, uh, Elliot co-owner of Riptide's come down for the potty today. And on his trip down, he actually um, witnessed a pedestrian be hit by his taxi driver at the time and was in, involved in the ordeal for probably 20, 30 minutes. And uh, I'm sure there's more to come, so <laughs> <laughs> stay, stay posted. Oh, fuck. Well, Whitey, man, um, I think I've taken up enough of your time, bro, and I really appreciate you coming on the potty. It's been a long life um, dream of mine to actually have a chat with you. Oh, as legend. I said, man, at the start, you guys, um, like your movies and the crew that you hung out with just really – solidified bodyboarding in my life and a lot of my, my really close friends and, and kind of 
pushed us towards doing those trips and kind of um, going beyond boundaries that we wouldn't normally do. So really appreciate it. Uh, cheers, man. I'm yeah, stoked that um, we could do this, like lined up perfectly. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. And just how it all clicked into gear and, and, and in this fucking studio. Yeah. And back hey, I love that you're doing this pod and working with Rippies and bringing the, keeping the book culture going and like everyone frothing on it. So Thanks, it's man. sick, man. Well done. Yeah. Fucking. I'm getting some good Appreciate vibes. you. Yes, yes. <laughs> All right, fellas. We'll talk soon. Peace. You. you.